My name is Dane Wilburn. I'm a woman, a witch, a wife, a moth hole, a singer, an act painter, a writer, a lover, a fighter, a student, a chef, a fur baby parent, a mystic, and several things that are too impolite to mention in mixed company. Welcome to Dame's Eclectic Brain. Dame's Eclectic Brain. Welcome to Dame's Eclectic Brain, where I talk to people you may or may not know about things you may or may not care about, but you definitely want to hear about. Today, my guest is Vanessa Shields. Hi, Vanessa. Good morning. Vanessa and I met through The Moth, and I've done a couple of her mouthpiece story shows in Windsor. So she is international. We got Canada in the house, people. Woohoo! Crossing borders. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> the, the Canadian national anthem. I'm sorry. Um, and she's just. A wonder, uh, writer, mom, poet, storyteller, dancer, community organizer, uh, vast knowledge of delicious shawarmas and possible uh, onion dips and just <laughs> all around great humanitarian. So I'll say it again. Hi, Vanessa. Thank you. Hi. How was the trip over? It was good. I was nervous as usual. I was getting nervous. Oh, I just whacked the mic. Sorry. Uh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. Uh, I was getting nervous when I crossed the border because you never know what's going to happen. It but uh, the fellow is... was nice. The border guard guy was nice. Was our guy nice or was your guy nice? Uh, well, I didn't see my guy yet. So, okay. Uh, no, your guy was nice. He, as soon as I said, uh, you know, what do you, he says, what do you do? I'm a writer. His eyebrows lifted a little bit. And then he said, well, what, like, why are you here? I said, I'm visiting my friend for lunch. Well, how do you know her? Or how do you know the person? And I said, well, we're storytellers. And as soon as I said that, he was like, you could see his brain going, okay, am I going to engage and be like, what's a storyteller? Where do you go? He just <laughs> flipped my passport at me and was like, here you go. Right. And I was like, okay. And then I came through. Okay. But it's not just me. Every time I come to see you. Yeah. There's this sort of I don't know if, if Border Patrol is trying to trying to work on their game, but they're always like when you get the phone calls and you're like, "Hi, this is Candace. Can I speak to Dame?" And you say, "Well, this is Dame." And then the recording goes off, and they're like, "All right, you owe us seventy five thousand dollars, and that's why we're calling." <laughs> it feels like that. Yeah. So every time I go across, they seem to want to engage in yeah. what I'm doing, and they, yeah. they seem it's it's not friendly. It's completely accusatory. Yes. But. They try to play it off like it's a conversation. Right. It's like, so how do you know her? He's like, wait yeah. a minute. <laughs> I mean, does that. But I'm so surprised that every time when I say storytelling, people are just like, they, they, it shifts from yeah. accusatory to either, oh, I'm going to share all my crazy stories with yes. you. Yes. And I'm going to keep you here and I don't care how long the line is. Yes. And can you, to one guy said he had a terrible heartbreak story and I was coming over for the moth and it was love hurts, right? So mm -hmm. he asked me, where am I going? you know, what is it? So I told him the theme and he just spilled, was like next to anger and he was had tears in his eyes about this horrible heartbreak that relationship he had with this woman. And he's like, I want you to get up there and tell my story. And right. I like, oh, okay. Yes. That's not the rules, but okay. Okay, okay. Border Patrol. So yeah, like the extreme, right? It's either like, yeah. mm, I don't really want to know what that is or like, here's my life story. Or that other I want to throw in a third do it, where do they it. believe storytelling is about talking to kids. Oh, oh yeah. So they I've just never had that yet. Oh, I get that all the time. And they're like, well, yeah. what stories do you tell? And I'm like, Babar the elephant. What are you talking about? <laughs> I'm an adult. We do first person yeah, narrative. Yeah. And let's not get into things like first person narrative. Oh, yeah, no. Or, and they're oh, like, God. well, what is that? I, I have been stuck 
at yeah. the border trying to explain. So, like I said, it's the same thing. Sometimes they want to engage. Yep. And it's like, well, where is that? And then what I love, my favorite border patrol question is, where are you going? Because it's yep. a trap. Because sure. I never know where I'm going. <laughs> and I don't understand Windsor. I So yeah. for those who don't, you know, for the six of you that are listening that don't live <laughs> In Detroit, and don't understand how geography works. Yeah, Detroit is the only city in the United States that looks south to Canada. So Windsor is actually south of Detroit, and for that reason, and for some reason, coming out of that tunnel, I get twisted sure. around every time. Every time I come out of that tunnel, I'm like in Oz. I yeah. have no idea what direction is which direction. So, and you can't see the water when you pull out. So right. it's which makes would be it helpful. really difficult. Yeah, or any like big buildings like the, we have the renaissance we have the water you know there's so many iconic structures here architecturally that we can be like just drive towards the renaissance and you're gonna get back to the water but Windsor's got none of that so yeah we we love you know driving over the hill that leads to our like main drag in Windsor yeah. and we look like we have the Detroit skyline that is ours <laughs> we're like South Detroit, Woo-hoo, South Detroit. Okay. and then we get down there we're like oh it's just no. us. Yeah. What I love is there's there are a lot of places in the world that love Detroit, and I'm really excited that Windsor's excited oh, to have our we skyline. Love we <laughs> love Detroit. We at, I work and we do a lot of marketing, and a huge portion of our marketing shares the greatness that is Detroit and Michigan, and just like because you know we, we don't have all the amazing things that Detroit has. We don't have major well, we have one major sports team, and they do yeah. okay hockey, you know, but. All you got to do is cross the border and it's everything you need. You want to see, you know, Madonna. I'm aging myself here. <laughs> Who's new and uh, Bruno Mars. What You know, everybody. If you want to come to a Millie Vanilli concert? <laughs> Dude, I went to see Millie Vanilli. You did not. I went with my mom and my sister because we were huge fans. And I see one of them flubbed up on the words. I say to my mom, hey, mom, I think it's lip syncing. She goes, it's okay. They do it all the time, you know, because sometimes they can't dance and sing at the same time. Meanwhile, we get home. It was like two days later, Millie Vanilli, not the real singers. I was like, oh, my God. It was still a good show, though. I loved them. Yeah, me too. I mean, the fact that they weren't singing their own music felt really scandalous at the time yeah but considering the way life is right now i, I would kill to just yeah. have that level of scandal yeah right. in the world again I <laughs> it's know. Like, oh one of the sort of popular singers yeah can't sing their own songs that's yeah. all we got going on i'm yeah. very excited about I'll take that take it i'll take it yeah um oh my god we have the detroit skyline <laughs> that's so funny yeah uh so you and i so we just did your mouthpiece yep stories so please like walk me through how mouthpiece started because I just I just love the idea. Sure. So um, I hadn't heard of the moth. Um, my friend kept telling me about it for years, and finally I came over to Detroit uh, to Cliff Bell's where it was held previously, and um, I came to a Love Hurts edition, which mm. probably was in February. I came over with a friend of mine. It was total random spur of the moment, um, and as it happens when you go to a moth. I think most people don't prepare a story or aren't super prepared to go tell a story, but then you get there and you get all wrapped up and excited. And I put my name in the hat and I ended up getting chosen to tell a story. So I told the story about um, when I was pregnant, I pretty much had the practice vagina for all the doctors, like <laughs> all the all the folks who were training to be doctors. Um, and I told this really funny story about how I had to get checked towards the end of my uh, pregnancy, you know, to see if I was dilated or not. And this poor young 
male doctor had never done an internal check on a pregnant woman before and (laughs) I could feel he wasn't in enough and I could tell that he was so nervous and so I sort of walked him through it and was like no 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 you got to push in a little bit deeper you know you got to move your fingers around then you can feel this then you can feel that so I told this crazy story (laughs) love hurts literally where like it's hurting because he's jamming his hand at me um and ended up winning and so (laughs) that was insane um and so I was just just fell in love with the whole storytelling like that there was um a series that existed for people just to come up and tell true, real life, sometimes on the fly stories. And uh, we didn't have that in Windsor. And I'm really not one to sit around and wait for shit to get did. So I was like, <laughs> no, you're not. Mm, how can I make this happen in Windsor? And I did some research on storytelling series in general. Um, and, you know, I borrowed some of the structure from the Moth series um, and then uh, got a grant. We actually have some really great um, grant getting opportunities in Windsor. The city's really supportive of the arts in that way. And so, you know, I needed some money to to start up, figure out a name, make a logo, get stickers. You know, nothing's real until you have a sticker or a, yes. you, a sticker, T-shirt or button. whatever, you know. Right. Some um, placard, something. Yeah. And so I just, I kept going to the Moth. I went a bunch of more times and competed again. Other times just went to watch. Um, I got to know um, Alex. Yeah, uh, Alex Trujano. Yeah, Alex and Patricia and... Patty um, Wheeler. I'm doing real names. Yeah, just because Patty, yeah, these are real I'm people. hoping to get these people on my yeah, show. Yeah. So I'm like, if I call oh, them I'm out. Sh- I'm sure well, I've already talked to Patty. Yep. I just need to get Alex. But yes, Alex Trujano, Patty Wheeler. Yep. And <laughs> so, yeah, so I just connected with uh, them. And just, I mean, it was just like I found my people. I walked in there, and even though I was nervous, the energy and um, the whole experience of sharing stories, I, it, like, changed me on the inside. And I thought, I gotta, I have to bring this to my, to my own city. And so I started that in 2015, and it's about th- we're about three years in. Now, I mean, the moth here and in Ann Arbor, it's a packed house. You wait in line. You're standing outside. You got to get your tickets ahead of time. Like, it's a huge deal. It, the audience getting in Windsor is a whole different ballgame. So yeah. that's been a good challenge is just trying to get folks to show up and then actually get them to tell a story, too. Um, So I can't run it every month because there just aren't enough people and, you know, isn't uh, it's asking a lot of people to come every month um, to do this type of thing. So usually run it every other month and then we get better crowds. And, you know, I sometimes I ask the crowd, what do you want the theme to be? And um, but otherwise, I just kind of come up with my own theme and and then see how it goes. And then the people who win, like at the Moth, if you win, you continue on and then you go to like compete with all the winners. So we have a similar thing. And so that's what we just did over the right. weekend where you came, where all the winners from the uh, sort of, uh, you know, monthly uh, events competed for the grand prize. Right. And I love it because it's mouthpiece. Yeah. And I love because it, it was called a mouth off. Yes. And I just love that name, like the Thank mouth you. off. Yeah. Um, and you had really good cupcakes. Yes. I'm a fan of good pastry. So yes. you had seriously good I feel good like if there is, event. you know, booze and baked goods, people will come yeah. and they will stay. Uh, and I, it's really important to me to, um, like, I pay attention to that kind of stuff. I pay attention to atmosphere. I pay attention to setting. You know, I pay attention to how comfortable the chairs are, what the space is like, where the bathrooms are, all of those things, because it's that's what keeps people coming, right? Like, they care right. about that stuff, even if they're not super conscious of it. They care about the setting and the situation that they're in when they're receiving this incredible gift of, like, hearing somebody's story. So it's important to me that all of those kind of things check off and 
uh, you know, that the sound is good and yeah. um, if there's music that you can hear it well and uh, I just like it to be a good night out because, you know, people are busy, people are tired, um, people are picky with what they give their time to and I want them to want to enjoy when they come out and often it's date night. You, there's couples yeah. that come and it's, they get dressed up and they have a glass of wine and it's like a whole date night event for them and that's I want to keep them coming and enjoying that and I want to do um I always like to do shout out so shout out to uh Villains Bistro yeah I love that place yeah so first of all they have chandeliers hanging from the ceiling and yeah. most of them aren't connected they're just there because no. they're awesome I don't, know what that, I, I don't know what I don't either. know <laughs> why that makes me happy yeah and two there are almost antique looking portraits yeah. of major villains from yeah. various and sundry film yep. fandoms stories, whatever books, stories comics, so there's like yeah. lord voldemort yeah. and um um darth vader yeah. and it's just it's and they're the beautiful. walls and they're like really well done it's a it's a very interesting place so yeah. shout out to villains bistro that always helps us yeah. out and uh you always do music as well which yeah. is for people who have been to a story slam with the moth, there isn't a musician. Yeah. Um, but with yours, you always have uh, like local musicians, and they are amazing. Those two uh, young the twins, women, the, the twins, hot twins. The, can yeah. I say that? Oh, yeah, they're moths listening. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> our listeners are are, yeah, are perfectly yeah. prepared for hot twins, but they were super. Yeah. Hot. <laughs> well, that's that's important to me too, right? Um, because it's I'm not getting the crowds that the moth gets I've right. you know I gotta think of what else can get folks to come and if I have local musicians hopefully they're gonna bring at least a few friends or their parents or you know at least a few more people and maybe those people will end up participating but in any case I thought this is a great stage um, an opportunity for people local musicians to perform but I'm choosing storytelling-esque uh, performers so um, I've never had a full band it's always mm. either a single or you know a pair of people and the stories and or the music that they uh, perform are all connected to some cool stories and they're great at banter and like talking in between. And mm -hmm. so um, that's a, like a conscious thing that I did is like perf purposefully choose those types of uh, performers. You did have a band once cause I came over with Satori Shakur. Uh, oh yeah, that's the, true. That was for a mouth off. Oh yeah. yeah they yeah, were yeah. amazing. What's the name of the band? I don't remember. Oh, something with funk in the title. Okay. Hopefully, as we talk, yeah. that'll pop up or we can research Grand it because I'm telling you, this band was wow. the baddest band in the land. Yep. These guys were playing old funk and yeah, old soul Stevie with like Wonder. a full horn section. Yep. I, I love yeah, this band. They, they were amazing. They're the shit. I went to high school with the lead singer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is hilarious. He's like, he's this tall, big man. And when he opens his mouth and he sings, you're like, wait, what? Yeah. Yeah. It's, a, <laughs> yeah. I mean, he seriously does not look like Otis Redding is going to come yeah. out of his face. And yeah. Otis Redding comes out of his face. Absolutely. It's pretty amazing to watch. Yeah. yeah. So we were at this uh, mouth off and you and I were having shawarma because that's just. <laughs> shawarma and a salad. Shawarma and a salad because that's always. What would you like? I want a salad with meat on top. Yes. So we're having this salad and you talk to me about your TEDx talk. Yes. And. I, you were going to be on the show anyway, and we were going to have, who knows what we were going to talk about. We'll <laughs> still probably drift off this subject, but this, I had a gut check that made me say, okay, we have got to bring this up on the show yeah. because 
I feel like this happens to a lot of people, yeah. like the majority of people, and yeah. no one talks about it. So I love that setup, right? It seems yeah. real deep, like we're about to get into something. <laughs> deep. But please just walk me through your TEDx talk. Okay, so let me well, start. tell us what TEDx is. Okay, so TED Talks, like capital T-E-D, is this... Um, this sort of movement of of people with new ideas who uh, get up on stages across the world and present their ideas. And there's a sort of a list of rules and um, it's very sort of elite and important uh, if you get asked to participate. Uh, And then they have a huge YouTube channel and people can watch your you know, your TED Talk and whatever your idea is. And people have, you know, gotten famous from it, gotten book deals, um, and it's like totally can be life changing. Um, below that is TEDx, so like there's a little X beside it, and that is for sort of the local grassroots section of TED Talks. So smaller cities uh, who have a full day event uh, with you know six to eight TED talkers, um, and you just go and you know you hear all these different ideas, and it's it's a lot of business folks that go who get you know they're trying to get pumped up in whatever <laughs> business that they're in. Um, and so I was invited to do a TEDx in Chatham, which is a small town just outside of Windsor. But I was invited um, based on a poetry reading that I had done the year before uh, in Chatham. And it was some like really hilarious Valentine's Day dinner at a dinner and poetry reading at a small um, museum, not a museum, um, art gallery. Okay. Okay. And you know, everyone had to wear red, and it was great for me because all my poetry is like super lovey-dovey and like sexual and funny, and so I was like crazy on fire when I was doing this. So, one of the guys who represents the TEDx said, "You know, would you be interested in doing a TEDx talk?" And of course, I'm like, shit my pants when the guy says it. I'm like, oh my god, it's it's a dream. It's a dream, right? Totally. In Vanessa's life, in the, like, must-do, ridiculous big dreams, like, right underneath me, Tom Cruise, is, like, do a TED Talk. So when this guy um, (laughs) asked me that, I was like, oh, my God, shaking, yes, yes, yes. And then I don't hear from him for about a year. And he sends me an email and says, remember when you met me? Well, it's happening. Do you want to do it? So I said yes. And he was like, you could do whatever you want. Here's a link to the rules for how to do a TEDx. Um, You know, we saw you delivering your poetry and performing that way. If you want to talk about your poetry, that would be great. You know, whatever you want to do. So I start doing research on how to do a TED Talk. Um, I look at Shannon's. Shannon has done a TEDx. Yes. So one second. Yeah. So Shannon, who produces my show and actually does homemade stories. Shannon Kaysen, who does homemade stories and the trouble with Shannon Kaysen through WBEZ, uh, actually runs homemade media Detroit um, which is what Dame's Eclectic Brain is under and I'm saying all of that because I'm sure he's going to come out at some point and tell me you should have said all that <laughs> and we might have to edit that out but whatever at least I said it yeah. so yes Mr. Shannon Kaysen continue yeah so I went to Shannon's first and uh, I watched his and sort of studied his and um, I, have, I actually would love to ask him about his experience doing it too because he looked a bit nervous to me I don't know if he gets nervous, but it was a little bit different than when I've seen him do storytelling live, right. okay? So I I don't know. Maybe I should have clued into that and, like, asked him about it more, <laughs> but I didn't. So I watched his, and then I watched this um, this other girl's whose name is, like, blocked out of my brain. 
anyway, she sort of looked like me. She had the same body as me. She had a blog like me. And so I don't know why I attached myself to this particular person, but I was like, I'm going to write my speech based on how she has written hers. So that was the first problem. Okay. Okay. So <laughs> this is a, my whole experience was riddled with terrible choices. Okay. <laughs> Um, and so now if I do a TEDx, another one, which I would love to do, would be called How Not to Do a TEDx. <laughs> Essentially, what I did was I got really attached to the rules of the TEDx. Mm. This is what you have to do. This is what everybody else does. You got to stay in that fucking red circle carpet. And, you know, it's very, very um, important and... Um, you have to come up with a new idea and you can change the world and, you know, pressure, pressure, pressure. Uh, and you can't use the logo. Like there was all these things, right? Also, one of the things is very clearly states, you know, this is not a soapbox situation and this is not something where you can be emotional. Meaning like, don't, you can't get up here and cry. If you're going to tell your story and, and part of your idea is going to be based on personal life experience, excuse me, like, don't get up there and cry, right? Like, you got this amount of time to get your story out and, you know, be brave and courageous. And as I understood it, that means, you know, keep the emotions down and controlled. Wow. Well, saying that to me is like saying, say, don't breathe. I was going to say, that feels like a bad combo. So, I don't know, <laughs> but I just, I told myself that I could do all those things. And the other huge, huge thing that is very different for me is, um, like, you had to memorize it, right? You had to have quotes, you had to quote people. So you had to make sure that you quote them properly. And I don't memorize anything. I mean, I can get up and tell a story because I've lived it and I know right. it. It's different than memorizing verbatim. But so this is what I was doing. So for two and a half, three months, I got the cue card. I wrote the speech. I got the cue cards. I had my quotes in. It was timed. And I was a nutcase just walking around my house <laughs> with these cue cards over and over and over you know, trying to memorize this speech with this new idea. So I didn't talk about poetry. I didn't talk about storytelling. I didn't talk about anything what? that I had done in my life. Nope. I had come up with this new idea, <laughs> oh, quote unquote. Okay. I'm sorry to say, oh, Lord, to you, but oh, Lord. Okay. <clears throat> you know what I'm saying? And what the irony of it all is that the, the core of what I was talking about in this speech was that, you know, we all have these crazy voices in our heads and the ones that are negative and the loudest and, you know, that can bring our shit down. If we can attach those to a story, figure out where it came from, why it's the way it is, why it's so loud in your brain and rewrite it or decide we're going to write it out and then burn it and get it away in an effort to get rid of that negative power in your head, mm -hmm. then you'll have some freedom in there and you can make changes and make different choices. So essentially what was literally happening to me as I was like completely changing myself to try and fit into this TEDx was what I was saying in my speech was to not do that. You know, you got to, <laughs> you got to not do that. You got to change the story. Hold on one second. <clears throat> Pardon me. Mike. I want to, I want to, I want to get something clear. Yeah. So you, your brand new idea is the idea that you will take your negative thoughts. Yeah. Sort of run them down, figure out where they came from, yep. whatever, write a narrative for them and then rewrite that narrative yep. to get rid of them, get them out of your head. Yeah. But as you're preparing to share this new yep. idea, you're basically doing the thing yep. that the TED talk is telling you not yes. to do. Yes. Wow. Yeah. And it was so <laughs> crazy because I was so deep into it that I knew like way, way, way back at the bottom, like there's this little voice going, girl, you can't do this. 
<laughs> and the, it was right because it wasn't as much as a, as a can't as you shouldn't because this is not who you are. Mm. And I kept telling myself, but I am this person. I can do a TEDx. I can follow the rules. I even, uh, I wore these pants specifically because I even went and bought out new clothes. So if you see me, sell videotape, by the way, of course, it's on YouTube. Okay. Fuck. Great. Okay. So we can actually watch this oh, happen. Yeah, but don't, oh, yeah, but it's awful. It's so oh, awful. No, 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 no. This Dane's a collective brain. We I watch the awful. We're excited about the awful. I don't even look like myself. I, I'm standing weird. My hair is done in a different way. I'm wearing different clothes. I'm doing like weird shit with this sweater I have on. Like, it, it was like, I didn't know what was, I had a, had a bad experience, which is what I was sharing with you at dinner. So um, anyway, I'm like, I go late in the day. So there's all these other TEDxers who are doing their speeches and they're just like, everyone's crying. There's so much stress and pressure. And I'm just like, oh my God, that voice that was like deep, deep down saying you can't do it. Mm-hmm. Now is like on my tongue <laughs> and they're putting the fucking thing around my ear. You know, with the fancy like Britney Spears microphone, they hand me the clicker. I love how you went from Madonna earlier. Yeah, to now Britney. we're to Britney Spears. Because we're getting Britney's closer. Is kind of like iconic, it's more right? Thin. Her, yeah. Speaking of lip syncing. Um, <laughs> speaking of Millie Vanilli. Yeah. Um, so um, and every you know everyone's also like hyper positive. You're gonna do great. Go out there and be your best. Like you know all the crew and everyone around you just like you're awesome. You got this. You can do this. Because they know you're under an extreme amount you know? of pressure and you're gonna snap at any moment. So yeah. they're all like, so, let's try to stave that off. Yeah. <laughs> I get out there, I'm sweating, I have no saliva, the light is on me, I'm in the middle of that damn red circle carpet, I got the clicker in my hand, and... Because you also have slides. Yep, oh yeah, you gotta have slides, you gotta you have, to have, have something behind you that is following your your uh, talk. So I, I say the first few lines because they're like burned into my brain, but there is no connection between like what I'm saying and what my brain is thinking and what my body is feeling so I'm just spitting out these words I got two sentences in and then it was nothing so if you watch the video you can see where I stop and I look to my right and there's the big exit sign because I'm on a big stage right right and you can I and my brain I'm going just has there ever been anyone who's like run off a TEDx stage because I'm gonna be the first one (laughs) that's gonna be me and this is it and then I'm like but I got the clicker and I got this thing on my ear and the next person needs it. So I'm like, if I do this, I'm going to screw the new, the next few people behind me. I can't do that. Right. So I kind of giggle. So then I have this nervous <laughs> kind of giggle and I remember, Oh, I have the clicker in my hand and there's two little screens that like computer screens that show the slide. So I, I go, I think I said something like, okay, look at the slide. Like, so now I'm like talking myself through it saying like V you can't run away. You got to you got to just do this. So I'm like nervously laughing and I'm I go through each slide. Miraculously, my mouth and my body remembers all, you know, 2 months of this fucking speech that I've been boring into my brain, but I am not in my body. I am up above floating <laughs> just waiting for this terrible experience to end. And I'm watching myself like this, like a bitchy little two-year-old going, ugh, when can I like just play again? This sucks. And I managed <laughs> to get through. I only know it's done because I click and there's no more slides. And I literally say, oh, I guess it's done now. Right? Like just so bad. Like you should <laughs> like never into do the that mic. shit, right? 
And so I, guess I it's just, done now. I sort of like clicked it one more time, said, uh, I guess it's done. Thanks. And then I turn and I feel like, you know, you can feel yourself burning with heat, right? And mm-hmm. I'm just like dripping with sweat. And these are polyester, not good for the lower furnace, which is like, no. at its, <laughs> you know, going to explode. So I try not to run off the fucking stage. So I walk off. The dude takes my thing off. He's like, oh, you did great. And you know, you smell so nice. I was like, mm, listen, dude. Because that's all I can't even hormones. handle that shit right now. <laughs> he takes it off. I give him the clicker and I just run to the whatever, the green room in the back and I break down. I'm sobbing and shaking and my husband comes running in and I'm like, don't look at me. Don't look at me. That was so bad. <laughs> and he was r- trying to rub my back. I'm like, don't touch me. Don't touch me. <laughs> and it was just awful. And he was like, babe, it, it w- no, you can laugh. It's so I'm good. I'm so sorry. I can't. He's like, babe, it wasn't that bad. I'm like, it wasn't that bad. What do you mean? It was horrible. It was horrible. He's like, I wasn't yeah, even in my body. Yeah. So anyway, it was just, it was crazy. And I get home and of course my kids, I have two kids and they're old enough to understand what's going on, right? So right. they were like, mom, how was your TEDx? How did it go? And then as soon as they do that, I just like fall on the floor. My dogs are in my face and it's just this, you know, we have this big, huge family hug and I am just sobbing. And if I'm going to cry, this is the part. This was the part that was hard because... You know, the kids knew how important this was to me, mm-hmm. and they saw how hard I worked. They saw me go a little insane with work. Like, they mm. knew it wasn't right. They knew it wasn't me. Um, but it didn't matter what anybody said to me. I was like, I'm going to change. I'm going to change who I am to fit into this because this is TEDx. Right. And, I mean, you can do that in your life with anything. Some There's some things in your life that you just want to do so badly that even if – it changes who you are. For some reason, you need to sort of go through it and break yourself yes. to really understand who you really are and that, you know what, you don't have to do that stuff. You know who you are. Like, I'm 40. This happened two years ago, 38. Like, how can I really not have a good sense of who I am as as a person and a storyteller when I'm 38? Well, dude. It you happens. Can, you can, you know? It absolutely happens. And it doesn't happen yeah. in just, I mean, well, you talked about it. You talked about, you know, my favorite part is where you look at the exit sign and you're yeah. like, I really, Ugh. it has, and I love that question. Has anyone ever just yeah. run out of a TED talk? Like, I want to be the first person to run out of a TEDx. Yeah. But I get that. But th- but I think that that's such a vital statement that yeah. the thing that made him ask you to do the TEDx yep. was that you were someplace being wholly and completely you. Yep. That's what they wanted. Yes. But all of their, you know, tactics and rules and all of that mm-hmm. is designed to sort of do some sort of formulaic yeah. foolishness. I don't know what it is. By the way, this is me saying out loud, you don't want me to do a TEDx talk. <laughs> so thank you for not asking. Yeah. Because um, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm going to run. I'm not going to ask, is, can I run? I'm going to just a, run. This is not a bash to the TED no, community I think, either. Like, no, no, no. I just yeah. think it's pieces. But yeah. I think that... What our suggestions are taken as, you know, canonical, right? So there are people like, well, we have to do this. Like, no, you really don't. And Mm -hmm. I think that we forget, we forget as people who are performers, storytellers, that what people want from you is to show up in the world as you. Like the reason we went through all of this is authenticity. We want you to be here. And that's why we asked for this because we wanted 
to deal with you. And then yeah. you show up as this sort of brand new person. Yeah. And it's like, well, that's not the person I asked to do the show. And they said that. They were like, oh, that's interesting. You're not going to talk about poetry. And I was like, totally just brainwashing. Well, no, I have to come up with a new idea. Right. So this is my brand new idea, which is not a new idea in the world, right? It's my new idea personally for me, which, you know, is not, not the best choice. Uh, but I sort of lived through you know, like what my idea is. So now I'm going to be teaching a class about it and I can't wait because I have this like real life example of like how deep you can be in your shit and how deeply you can lie to yourself in order to try and fit in, but also in order to know that it's okay to fail. You need to fail because once you fail, you are just getting to know yourself even more. Yes. You failing... I've got a couple of things in the works that, yeah. you know, I'm 100% certain they're not going to happen. But <laughs> what I'm excited about is I actually told someone when I was working on this these failures, I said, look, what I really need from you is the rejection letter. Yeah. I'm collecting them. Yeah. I am now a collector of rejection letters. Yep. And what I'm hoping is to get rejection letters from amazing places. Awesome. So my thing, and I told everybody I'm sending stuff to, is like, I, all I need you to do for me is when you reject me, I need it on the letterhead. Yeah. Because I'm <laughs> collecting letterheads. Yeah. Because if, if you don't, if you don't sort of live mm-hmm. in a way as an artist, you, I feel like you have to reach beyond your fingertips all yeah. the time. Yep. And if you don't, you're just not going to make it. And I love the idea that you pushed yourself for this new idea. Mm-hmm. I also am just loving the honesty of, hey, I tried to run. You know, I really yeah. thought I was going to break and take this yeah. earpiece with me. I, yeah. And every person that has done anything in their life, has done anything worthwhile, has had that moment yeah. where you see, where your eyes go, and you're like, exactly. I don't <laughs> you're think a robot. I'm here right now i've had stories like that it's my story and i stood up in front of people and then forgotten yeah the very thing i'm supposed to talk about it's really it's really wild and i don't i mean that part the kind of i don't i don't understand how that happens but i i i'm a spiritual person but i've and i've had kind of you know intense you know moments with spirituality where i felt outside of my body but you know i was like getting reiki done and there was you know a master around me working my energy and playing with it this was unbelievable and i (laughs) i have never had any other experience like that i don't know that i want to necessarily but it was it was really it was crazy but i think that's the part of the breaking down part it's a part of the failure like it was so physical yeah and and being an artist it's it's a physical experience, you know, like when you're up there and you're telling a story, you feel it in yes. your bones and it, in your pores and everything. Um, you know, if you're doing a painting, if you're writing a poem, whatever the case may be, when you're singing a song, like it's a physical demand on your person and on your soul if you're being authentic. Yes. And so I suppose in that regard, since I was not connected to my soul whatsoever, my soul was like, fucking see ya. Right. I can't handle this shit. Yeah. What are you doing? Who are you? I'm going to go stand over here and I'm going to wait till you're done doing what you're doing. And then when you decide that you want to get back to yourself, I'm going to slide back in. And, <laughs> right. then, you know, it was like, in, I don't you know, ghost, you know, pants. like, yeah. that's like, 
you know, Whoopi Goat came in me or something. <laughs> well, you get out of this this weird sweater. Yeah, yeah exactly. Pants, and, and you, you get know, your hair I can't back wear that sweater. But today I put on these pants. I'm like, fuck you. These are gonna have some new karma on them. These are my these are my black pants that I wore to my TEDx that now I wore to Dane's Eclectic Brain, and they're better. They're yes, clean. we've they're exercised clear. the pants. Are, yeah. Have you worn these pants since you did that talk? No. Seriously. Yeah, I couldn't because I was like, I, I don't know, maybe that's my weird spirituality thing, but I was like, I can't, I can't wear them. And I thought this is the perfect, perfect place to wear them. So, so here at Dane's Eclectic Brain, not only so. do we have conversations, we also do <laughs> pants exorcisms. Yeah. So if you have a pair of unlucky pants, feel free to come Please bring them, on this yeah. show, bring them with you and we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll exercise your pants. Yeah. That's gotta be, I'm, I'm going to find buttons for that. Shannon will find buttons for that. <laughs> We'll have 19 taglines. Yeah. Oh, my God. I don't know. I just, I, so having said that, um, you also, because I've, I've been, (laughs) I got on the mailing list. So you're also doing writing classes. You can unsubscribe, by the way. No, 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 no. I, my passport still works. I'm not (laughs) mad about it. I'm, I'm seriously considering taking some. Okay. But you teach writing classes. Yeah. So I just want to hear a little bit about, like, how did that start? And... So I've been writing and reading since I was dinky and sort of, uh, you know, I've loved writing since I was very small. And I always knew that that's what I wanted to do. And um, in July of this year, I opened, I I got an office outside of my home, which is a first. (laughs) (laughs) And um, so I have a a place to go and write and work. And then there's also this cool um, shared space with a big table where I can teach. So I've taught on and off over the years at St. Clair College and all different places all over the city. Um, but I really kind of wanted to make that a focus. And then I found this beautiful space uh, with the office. And so now I have a space to do that in. So I'm offering a whole bunch of different workshops and classes for uh, writers of all kinds. Like, so if you've always wanted to write something, but you never have, then you can come to these classes. Or if you love poetry, we've got some poetry classes. Uh, also, I'm going to be doing some like intensive workshops too, where with people who, you know, have stuff written already and, I mean, like, the sky's the limit with what I can teach. But I love teaching. You know, I love trying to inspire people. And also, like, I take the class myself. So I'm doing whatever you guys are doing ah. in the class. So it's really great, a uh, great opportunity for me to do my own work and get feedback from folks. And I don't know. I'm, like, super open when it comes to that stuff. I love learning. And I feel like everybody has something to teach everyone else. And just because I'm leading the class or the workshop doesn't mean that you can't offer me you know, I can't get educated from you as as yeah. we're uh, as we're learning and sharing through this journey. And um, I mean, writing's just super cathartic to me, and it always has been. So that's my thing. That's my self expression. And so I feel like I have I trust myself, and I know I know it, and I work on it, and I practice it every day. Um, I've got my whatever ten thousand hours, and so you know, I'm technically a an expert. <laughs> Ooh. Uh, you know, I. Uh, I feel confident in saying that I am uh, that way in writing. So I just want to share my love of writing with uh, with people. And now I have a space to do it in. So that's the, the harassment that you're getting through your that's emails. Not harassment. <laughs> it's harassment. I have unsubscribed to every email mm-hmm. on earth. So it's the only one yeah. that shows up now. And but I'm I mean, excited. like, it would be amazing. And we've talked about this for you yeah. to come over and do a workshop uh, about storytelling. That would be great. To take or one. I could come here and we could find a space and we could do it here, right? Um, yes. Because people, part of the, you know, another of the reasons why I wanted to start this uh, business is because I, like, I love people and I love the people who inspire me. And if I can invite them and say, hey, 
this person is incredible because of X, Y, and Z, Canadian <laughs> Z, um, then I, can, I get to share you and then you can inspire more people and then everyone's learning about how to storytell, which everybody can do. Do you know what I'm saying? So no, I, and, and I have to tell you, this is like the connection, because I also want to back up, because sure. when we have international borders yeah. are such a weird conversation now yeah. because of the way the world is. And Detroit and Windsor have just been each other's buddies yeah. forever. Well, not forever. There was that whole thing we battled the French, but that we're not getting into that. Um, but... My mother used to do what was called at the time um, the um, cerebral palsy games, and the yeah. Re Detroit Recreation Department would take their team across yeah. the board. And you have to understand, like the tunnel between us and Windsor is about a three minute drive. So yeah. understand, we are we are buddies, very close. We are yeah. super close, and um, we would go and do these games and. It's, it was always like Windsor was, a as a kid, I always felt like Windsor was a suburb of Detroit. Yep. I feel like Detroit's a suburb of Windsor. I always felt like we were sort of the same yep. city. Because until, you know, 9-11 happened, yeah. you could go across Windsor with a driver's license. Like, you just yep. you just show up and, you know, the Windsor dude would be like, hey, how you doing? So fine, where are you going? Mm -hmm. Oh, lunch. Oh, okay. And they just let you go. And it was just never a thing. Though, I will say this, because I have I've talked to a lot of people in Canada, and I've talked to a lot of people in Windsor, and apparently coming to the U.S., buying your school wardrobe, putting all of it on at once, yep. and trying not to look super fluffy in the yeah, car while you come back. or throwing out what you wore there. Yes. We used to do that all the time when I was a kid. I, I feel like yep. all this politeness and sorry yeah. and all that, you guys are like major league clothes criminals. Yep. Yeah. yeah, well, you guys have stuff that we just don't have, and that I'll never <laughs> understand. But, like, I love Target. Target, we call it Target here. Target. So we had a Target in Windsor. Oh my God, it was like the greatest thing in the world. We were so excited. And then they took it away because, well, whatever, that was business. There's a TED Talk on what happened with that. Target. Anyway, with Target in Canada. But, uh, like, we, you know, we recently just came over and hit Target, and I was like, crazy yes 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 like you know just loving everything and doesn't matter what the dollar if it's up down all right. around like we just i can't get those shoes here in ken windsor so i'm gonna go here and get it and but i do want to say about 9-11 like i i'll never forget I, like as i hope nobody will forget what they were doing and you know that day but when that happened like we all we all felt like it was it was happening to us i mean we are yes. that close of a, of a city to you guys that Yes. It it didn't happen far away. This was this happened to us too and it was just it was just brutal. Brutal brutal. Yes. We yeah. we um they used to we still have them, but it's called um oh, I can't think of it. Was it called the Freedom Festival? Yes, yeah. Used to, yep. I, I think it still yeah. happens, but when I was a kid we had the Freedom Festival. Yeah. And the Detroit Police and Fire Department would do a tug of war yes. with the Windsor Police so and Fire good. Department yes. across the Detroit yes. River. So they'd run this huge rope yeah. across the river and do a tug of war. Yeah, yeah the was, history of that is really yeah. beautiful. It's like harmony and peace and friendship and it's really there's a really beautiful rich history between the two nations when it can't come to the Freedom Festival. Oh, yeah. That's what it was started for. Yeah. That's a little bit different now but you know yeah but we also bombed you with a balloon like we didn't mean yeah to. so our giant we have this so the thanksgiving day parade um in detroit has this huge like chili willy balloon and okay. it got away oh no from the balloon handlers that's and hilarious. totally entered canadian airspace and wow, like that's so funny fell out of the sky in winter well, we so we did hit you with a balloon once. we got all like the rum running oh we yeah got the underground oh, yeah. railroad i mean oh, yeah. there is some important historical 
uh, you know, gyms and things that have, that we have where we have really supported and helped each other. Where we lit rum running, where we literally would yeah. walk. So the Canadian yep. whiskey, we would literally people would walk across the Detroit River in the winter. Yeah, <laughs> and like smuggle whiskey in the freeze, and we just smuggle yeah. whiskey across the river. Yeah, like we've just I don't know. I just love that we've got that. Go and I think we did a joint proposal for the Olympics. Sure. Like a couple of years yeah. ago. We got this bridge if it ever happens. Right. <laughs> that's uh, supposed we'll have the to second be bridge. Yeah, that's what we'll I mean. We have the second bridge, the Gordie Howe. Yeah. I love that our connection is hockey. Yeah, so yeah, So we got yeah. the Gordie Howe bridge. I was, always yeah. want to go over it. When I was a kid, too, the thing that I thought, you know, before cable – in Detroit, you could pick up the CBC. Yeah. So we, we would we watch. We can't even get CBC. Oh Dude, this God. crazy weather that happened two nights ago, we yeah. were watching WXYZ. We were like, you guys were the ones who were telling us, oh, shit, there's a tornado touching down. <laughs> we were watching it on you because I couldn't get CBC in my house. Oh, How my crazy God. is that? But, That's oh, nuts. Yeah. We used to watch CBC all yeah. the time. This hour has yeah. 26 minutes. And yes. The, so or uh, the, what is it, the Canadian Royal Air Farce. Yes. Oh, yeah. I used to watch the Some Raccoons good, cartoon. Good comedy coming out oh, of yeah. Canada. That's for it's sure. It's hysterical. Yeah. The coronation street yeah <laughs> watching british tv yeah, on Canadian sure. television yeah. yeah well i just it has been wonderful having you, you on the show i feel like we could talk for hours honey Ooh, i know it's good i know it's good. i've got like another so i'm gonna wrap this up by okay. asking you stupid questions because yeah. i love Let's stupid questions so first stupid question favorite dessert um Luckily, you have me when I'm ripe in the middle of a good old PMS section of my life. Um, yeah. I'm going to say like chocolate cake. There's this, uh, it's called chocolate uh, thunder cake that we have at Ooh. this restaurant called Bubby's. And it's like this big and huge and it's got brownies and chocolate and um, like delicious icing. For and a podcast this big, how tall? You have to give us like oh, yeah, dimensions. Oh, yeah, sorry, because no it's can not see visual. Your hands on uh, I don't know how many... Five. Five. Five inches of cake. Yeah. Okay. Too big, but Too perfect. Big. Perfect when you're having PMS. Yeah. I bought a chocolate cake last night, which Good is why I didn't you. want to talk to Shannon before we got here. <laughs> I'm like, just hug me and go away because I'm going to say something. Cake. I don't even eat chocolate. So mm. if I'm eating chocolate cake, it's best to give me a 50 mile. Yeah. Milk me... chocolate too, by the way. Yeah. None of this dark chocolate bullshit. No. It's supposed to be healthy for you. I don't care. No. Um, It tastes like shoes. <laughs> um, Favorite cocktail. Ooh. Oh, yikes. I am not a drinker, so mm, boringly a Caesar, not spicy. Oh, okay, Caesar. What yes. is that called in this? Uh, is that a Bloody, Bloody Mary? Mary? Oh, yes. now why is but it a Caesar in Canada? I don't know, but we use different tomato juice, too. You use Clamato. Yeah, and you guys use? Tomato juice. Tomato we use, like, juice. V8. Yeah. Like, spicy V8, if you know what you're doing. S yeah. So, uh, Bloody Mary. <laughs> <laughs> I love the fact that you're like Caesar. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. love how we're we're so close, and there's yeah. little things. Sure, wait. It's, it's just I don't the little things. You're just like, what do you mean a Caesar? What are yeah, you talking yeah. about? So I'm gonna say it again, okay. and this time I'm gonna mean it. Vanessa, thank you so much oh, you're so for welcome. coming across the. Thank you for, for driving me. under the river to come I will, see us I will and to hang out through a river to come and be with you, Dave. Aww. Girl, for sure. Aww. thank you so much. So, ladies and gentlemen, this has been. Dame's Eclectic Brain. Thank you for listening. Uh, you can always find us where you find all of your podcasts. Feel free to give us a positive review. If you don't like the show, then don't say shit. I don't need that kind of negativity in my life. Um, and as I always say, don't come at me because I'm unstalkable. Uh, thank you so much. Keep on listening. Have a great day.